It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff, and it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of Chronicles of Nania. So much to talk about that we broke it up into two parts this week because we're discussing the Michael Nania tier system. So Michael went ahead and created tiers for each Jets player or prospective Jets player and describe where each individual player would fall in these tiers over at JetsXFactor.com. Yesterday, we went through everything from the least likely players to make the roster, undrafted free agents, all the way up through average to slightly below average starters. And Michael, after the average and slightly above average starters, then you had good and even great starters. And the fact that there are so few that you categorized as great Tells you a lot about the job that Joe Douglas has in front of him because you've only got three people listed above good and two of them were not drafted. They were signed as big money free agents last year. So this is going to be a multi-year project for Joe Douglas, unfortunately, as much as we don't want to admit that. There are a lot of things that need to be done to properly rebuild the core of this team, but you do have a fair amount of of good starters, and one of them, I'm pretty sure Manish made you right, Braden Mann, the punter from (laughs) Texas A&M, who, of course, was drafted in the sixth round, yet to take a snap in the NFL. He's become Manish's boy this offseason, and you have him on the good starter list, despite never playing in an NFL game yet. But I want to hear about how you went about categorizing these players as good or even above good, great or excellent. Yep. So to round it out here with all of the guys who I think you consider uh, pretty clearly uh, above average players at their position. So to start out with uh, this one tier here with four players that I labeled as a good starter that plays less than half of the snaps. I put three defensive tackles, Foley Fogkasi, Steve McClendon, and Nathan Shepard, and one unbelievable long snapper, Thomas Hennessy. Uh, I think his resume speaks for itself. He's as good as it gets at long snapper. Uh, And then the three tackles, different skill sets for all three of them, but I think that all of them do a very good job in their roles. And the reason they're in this tier is because, as I said, they play less than half of the snaps, so they're not making as much of an overall impact as someone who is playing every single down. But in their roles, they are doing an excellent job. Fadakasi, we know what he can do against the run. Uh, Steve McClendon became more of a two-way force last season than we're used to seeing him be. He's had a career high in pressures last season and was was just pretty dominant for the most part throughout much of last season. When you look at his film, he's one of the most consistently dominant, probably second most consistently dominant player on the team after Jamal Adams. He had a, a very good season last year. And Nathan Shepard, when he came back uh, from his suspension, 
he was a very good pass rusher in the second half, produced at a very good rate in that phase. So those guys, good starters, play less than half the snaps. Uh, and then plainly good starters who play most of the snaps. As you mentioned, I did put Braden Man there. And uh, although he is maybe should have been in the other tier considering he's special teams, but uh, I think it's fair to say he will be a good starter just based on how above the rest of the people, above the rest of the players at his position he was in college. But we'll see. Maybe he will start out as average or even struggle a little bit and take his time to work his way up. But uh, I think there's a good chance man comes right in and is one of the better punters in the league. But set, uh, six other guys on offense and defense here, offensively Connor McGovern, Chris Herndon, and Jameson Crowder, and then defensively Brian Poole, Marcus May, and Avery Williamson. So to start with Williamson, I think this is a perfect tier for him. He's not good enough, in uh, not athletic enough in coverage or able to take on man-to-man assignments, things like that. Uh, to be able to be a star, but he's excellent in run defense, uh, phenomenal tackler, really good coming downhill, shedding blocks. And in coverage, he does enough to become, to be an above average starter and not just, uh, not just a run stopper. I think in zone coverage, he does a good job, has good instincts there. So he's a good, a good starter overall. Brian Poole is interesting because he, in terms of numbers, he played at an elite level in 2019. He, allowed the fewest yards per cover snap in slot coverage uh, in the league. So he obviously played at an elite level based on that. But uh, looking at his career track record, he obviously was not even close to that in his three seasons with the Falcons or the Jets wouldn't have signed him so cheaply last year. Uh, And then based on the deal he signed this year, another cheap one-year deal, uh, there's obviously something on film that teams, uh, the Jets and the rest of the league, were not too high on. He did have a few drops here and there that bailed him out in coverage. Uh, and overall, the Jets kind of hit him a little bit. He wasn't doing too much man coverage in the slot. So I think a good starter is a, that's a, a solid way to label him. Even though he produced at an elite level, he's likely to come down a little bit. Marcus May, I think, is a, a good fit here. Another player like Williamson doesn't have game-changing ability, but he plays his role extremely well. I think he's a good last line of defense, Makes uh, is able to make those tough tackles in the open field to save big plays. Uh, and in coverage, he handles his responsibilities, rarely blows the coverage. Uh, and offensively, Connor McGovern, he was the 10th graded center at Pro Football Focus. And when you look at him on film, he really matches that. He's a top-tier pass protector and about average against the run. So he's going to be a huge upgrade. Chris Herndon at tight end. When you look at what Herndon did once he started getting a little more involved in the offense, he was a top-10 producer at tight end. And as I said earlier, I think his blocking can be about average, which would be huge for him if he's going to play big snaps, uh, which he definitely is if he's able to get healthy. So uh, if he can be an average blocker, that can really help him become a a better all-around player. But in terms of a receiver, I think he's instantly a top 10 kind of tight end when he comes back with the potential to be a little bit better than that. And then Jameson Crowder was uh, another player who's in that top 10 range at his position in terms of slot production. He was um, in that top 10 range with receptions, touchdowns, yards uh, throughout 2019. So I think all those guys fit the good starter description pretty well. And three key players who uh, who I haven't mentioned yet, Mekhi Becton, Sam Darnold, Quinn and Williams. These are three guys who I put in the tier of average in the present with star upside long-term. And, and Becton, obviously, there's some projection there. Uh, considering we haven't seen him play yet, but I think he has a good chance to be an average starter 
right out of the gates. I think Quinn and Williams was about an average defensive tackle with you know good run defense, but not too good in the, in the passing game. Uh, and then Darnold, of course, hasn't in, in terms of production hasn't quite been average yet. But when you adjust for the fact that uh, how much pressure he's taken more than any quarterback in the league this past season, I think it's fair to say he's been a slightly a below average quarterback. And but hopefully with some projection, he could be at least average uh, and potentially much better than that this year or down the line. But all three of these guys have star upside. We're talking about Darnold being the third pick, Quinn Williams also the third pick, and Becton the 11th this year. And regardless of where they are picked, you just watch them play. You, you can tell they have that star upside. So all the three of these guys right now, I think it's most fair to call them average starters. And obviously with Becton, it's not too fair to call him anything right now because we just don't know yet what he's going to be in his first season. But all three of these guys, average, I think makes sense for them right now. But long-term, there's no there, you can't put a cap on any of their ceilings just yet considering how young they are and how talented they are. But to move to the top two tiers here, I have two stars, one superstar, uh, and and obviously the Jets are going to get to the point where they're Super Bowl contenders. You would like a few more players in these two tiers. I think they do have a few players who could potentially get up there someday, especially the three guys who I just mentioned. But right now I have two stars, one superstar. uh, The stars, Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley. Bell obviously did not put up star numbers this past season, but I think when when you look at the things he could control, And when you look at his film, I think he's clearly still a star level running back. And whether or not you think running backs actually can make a star level impact, you know, as we saw this past season with Bell not being able to overcome that offensive line, whether or not you think they can make that impact is another debate. But I think Bell should still be considered a star running back in terms of uh, drops, what he did as a receiver, pass protection, fumbles. He protected the ball really well, made plays in the passing game. Uh, and in the run game, the numbers just weren't there. But when you look at the blocking he had, it was it was just comical sometimes. So hopefully the Jets can be a little more competent there and unleash Le'Veon Bell's talent. And C.J. Mosley, at linebacker, played a phenomenal game against the Bills to open the season. Uh, did not look like himself when he came back against the Patriots, and clearly he wasn't considering he missed the rest of the season after that. But uh, C.J. Mosley is a top-five linebacker if he's healthy, what he can do in both phases of the game against the run and in coverage. Uh, I think a lot of people undersell his coverage because he doesn't have too many uh, flashy man-to-man coverage highlights on his reel. And I really feel like Luke Keekley kind of redefined what we expect out of some of these linebackers. He, he, Keekley was different with some of the things he could do in coverage. And I think he kind of set the bar to a level that just very few other players can reach. And mostly isn't Luke Keekley, but what he can do in coverage is – better than just about any other linebacker that isn't Luke Keekley, who obviously is not in the league anymore. So hopefully Mosley could kind of make a claim for that title as one of the best cover linebackers. But in zone coverage, he's so smart, just knows where to be uh, to cover up routes, force the, quarter, force the quarterback to go through his reads and take more time to make a decision. It leads to sacks, it leads to pressure, it leads to throwaways. So he makes a very quiet but very profound impact with what he can do with his IQ and positioning in coverage his run defense I think speaks for itself he's put up a ton of run stuffs over the years that gets the job done in that role uh so he he's just an overall star at linebacker and he's going to make a huge difference if he comes back and also just beyond what he does as a player I think as a leader and clearly as a field general he's done an excellent job you look at the the Ravens and the time that he spent there the five seasons 
as their linebacker. The amount of big plays that the Ravens gave up, both through the air, uh, specifically through the air, but also on the ground. Uh, when Mosley was out, those numbers went way up, the number of big plays that they allowed. And we saw that with the Jets as well this season. Uh, in the one game that Mosley missed, the big plays on the ground just piling up once C.J. Mosley went to the sideline. So in both phases, I think Mosley is a star. Uh, and even if going back to his coverage, even if you do want to look at his numbers, he was, uh, I believe, second in the league in pass deflect, second or third in passes defended uh, over the past five seasons from 2014 to 18 among linebackers. And even at interceptions, he was near the top of that as well. Numbers do not tell close to the whole story, but even if you do look at that, he is a top tier cover linebacker. So uh, he's going to make a huge impact when he comes back. And the superstar, I think this is an obvious one. It's Jamal Adams. Uh, We will see what happens. I think everyone's heard more than enough of Jamal Adams talk in recent weeks, but the one thing that cannot be debated is that he's a superstar. Uh, Whether or not he's the best safety in the league, uh, I think there are some other really good players in the league you could put uh, in that conversation. I would argue he's the best, Uh, and to me, I don't think it's particularly close with the way he can make an impact. Uh, in every phase of the game, uh, coverage, run defense, and as a pass rusher. Uh, so that's my opinion. I think he's the best safety in the league. Uh, but he, at worst, he's no worse than uh, top three or top five. He's a special player, clearly the best on this team. So uh, hopefully the Jets can figure things out, uh, kind of uh, just get things ironed out with him and make sure he's locked up long term because he is the best homegrown player by far that this team has drafted since Darrell Revis. Uh, and really all time is up there with Revis as one of the best defensive players that they've drafted. He's uh, a game-changing player, really does a lot of things for you as a, a defensive staff with being able to move players around, put them in positions where they're comfortable because Jamal is able to move anywhere on the field uh, and take on, uh, thrive in just about any different role. And it makes things easier for a lot of other players on the field, specifically Marcus May, who's has been able to play in uh, in a spot where he's comfortable. His skills are able to be put in a position where they can uh, make a, a good impact for the team because of Jamal's ability to move around and patch up a weakness anywhere. So he's a big, dif- big time difference maker and a clear superstar to round out the list. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. 
Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Michael, were you surprised by your findings when you were coming up with these categories? Once everything fleshed itself out and you figured out where everybody belonged, did you find that there were more guys in certain categories than you expected, fewer guys in other categories than you expected? What did you think of the overall list and how it broke down? Well, I think I definitely expected there to be uh, a lack of top-end talent on the roster. I think it's, it's pretty clear when uh, when you look at this team that they're lacking star power. As, as I just said, I think Bell, Mosley, and Adams are the only surefire stars right now. But I think they did improve a little bit in terms of the middle of the roster, getting uh, some more average talent, uh, both in terms of the moves they made in the offseason and some of the progression we saw from certain players last year, whether it's guys like Terrell Basham, Kyle Phillips, and Bless Austin as rookies, Ryan Griffin. Uh, I think the middle of the roster is a little bit meatier than it might have been last year at this time or, or in, and the years before that as well. So I think that's a plus, but definitely if you're going to win Super Bowls, make the playoffs consistently, you got to have more stars. So the biggest X factor going forward is going to be whether uh, those three key guys I mentioned before, Becton, Darnold, and Quinn and Williams, whether those guys can fulfill their potential and become stars. And then some of the other unheralded players on the roster, Brian, uh, not Brian, bless Austin, uh, players like him, can there, and Denzel Mims, of course, and the entire draft class this year, uh, can some of those guys develop into stars? So uh, I think the roster, the middle of the roster, definitely looked a little bit better than I expected it to. The Jets have uh, some more, uh, because of last season's developments and some of the additions this offseason, uh, Connor McGovern, Greg Van Roten, specifically those two guys on the offensive line. Uh, they do have a decent middle of the roster, I think. But the key going forward is going to be whether some of these younger players can develop into stars because ultimately it's tough to win a team. Uh, as much as you – the first priority is definitely uh, building a balanced roster and patching as many holes as possible. But you really need as many high-level uh, difference-making players – as you can get to move from becoming a a pretty good team to a championship contender. Uh, When you look at some of the rosters that have won Super Bowls recently, they're just littered with stars. Like you look at the chiefs, the chiefs had some holes on their roster. Their defense took a while to get going. They had a lot of issues at linebacker in the secondary. Uh, And then even on the offensive line, they had some questions throughout the season, Uh, but they had so many difference making stars. Tyree kill uh, Mahomes goes without saying Travis Kelsey, Mitchell Schwartz on the offensive line. Tyron Matthew had a great season. Chris Jones on the defensive line. Frank Clark on the edge. They have a lot of star-level talent on that team. So 
it's, it's very important to get some of that high level talent. And I think that's going to be what takes the jets from uh, a team that won seven games last year. And looks like they're probably going to win somewhere in that range this year. We'll see how that plays out, but uh, to take that next step, you got to get some more star level talent than one safety, one inside linebacker and one running back. So uh, the jets have, Sam Darnold and Makai Becton in place. Can they fulfill their potential? Is Denzel Mims as much of a steal as we think he is? Uh, and can Bless Austin take that big leap? Questions like that. Chumai Doga as well to throw him in there as a, a long shot, maybe to become a really good starter. But uh, it all comes down to that star talent. Can some of these uh, younger players develop into that top tier kind of players? And if they can, it will be a huge boost to the Jets' future, and it'll also lessen the pressure on Joe Douglas to have to add a million core pieces in each of the next couple of drafts. Obviously, he's got a lot of work ahead of him regardless, but if some of the guys that you were just talking about turn out to be keepers, he can breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. Michael Nania putting together this list and so many other great statistically based informative pieces over at JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on for the Chronicles as always. Really appreciate it. What do you got going on at JetsXFactor.com? Because before we started recording today, you told me that you had a bunch of stuff that you were planning to get ahead of over the next couple of weeks, which is amazing because as we were talking about before we started recording, the fact that you keep finding all of these creative angles to be able to inform people about the Jets and what the Jets have ahead of them in 2020 is remarkable. And it really says a lot about both your work ethic and your ability to find useful information. So what do you have coming up at JetsXFactor.com? I just put out a piece on five things that the Jets did well last season that they need to maintain and uh, just continue going into 2020. And tomorrow I'll be doing the opposite of that, looking at five things that they need to turn around. And before this, I just finished up ranking the opposing position groups of every position the Jets will be facing uh, among their 13 opponents in 2020. So stacking up the 13 tight end groups they'll face, the 13 inside linebacker groups they'll face, 13 edge rushers, wide receiver groups, uh, all of those positions uh, to take a more in-depth look at the opponents that the Jets will be facing this season. So uh, I think those are the things m- right now that I've been focusing on the most. Uh, the opponent uh, look was very – that was fun for me to look at a lot of these teams much closer. It, it's a really informative look at uh, the teams Jets are going to be facing in 2020. And uh, the two things that I've done uh, well today and the one I'll be doing tomorrow – uh, I've, I've really enjoyed working on those, so definitely check those out. It, those two are really good looks on uh, some of the things that the Jets uh, should con- try to continue doing and must continue to do if they're going to succeed, uh, and also some things that they absolutely need to turn around if they're going to make their first uh, make the playoffs for the first time in what is shockingly now been a decade. We're definitely going to talk about those opponent lists here on the show at some point too, Michael, because that's information that's well worth knowing. And we will definitely get into a lot of the other topics that you're discussing at JetsXFactor.com. So even more reason to check it out. In addition to the history pieces that I've got up there, because Michael, as you know, I've got an audio documentary that I'm working on on the 2008 season, the Brett Favre year, with the help of Kerry Rhodes. I've got quotes that I'm going to be using there. And we've been doing a lot of long-form pieces 
as that documentary series starts to take shape. So you can read everything before the documentary comes out. You can get the pieces and everything Michael's doing and everything that Joe Blewett is doing with the film, in addition to Robbie Sabo's news and notes, if you subscribe over at JetsXFactor.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it over on iTunes. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and Turn on the Jets.com.